Good morning again. Well, there's this trend I saw yesterday on, on the Facebook. It was a 10-year challenge, and it said, you take a picture of yourself from 10 years ago, compare it to now. And so I got curious, and I went and found a picture about 10 years ago of me when I was 32, and I had really dark brown hair, and it was longer, and no facial hair, and I was holding Abigail, who's about the age of John David now. And I contrasted that with a picture of me holding John David last week, and it looks very different. But you know what? I prefer this than 10 years ago anyway, so take that, right? So anyway, but uh, you, you know how it is. <laughs> there, there's a big difference, in, in, even 10 years sometimes. And of course, as you know, as we grow in age, uh, we start to look different. Spiritually speaking, it's no different, spiritually speaking. When we grow in Christ, when we grow in our faith, we should start to look different. We should start to continue to act different. We should continue to change. It would be so weird if your 42-year-old pastor looked like a 5-year-old. Amen? It would be very strange. Likewise, it's weird when the 42-year-old Christian acts like a 5-year-old Christian, spiritually speaking. It shouldn't be the same. We should be growing. We should be changing. So today we're looking at a story where Jesus starts to show his parents as he's growing into a young man that he also is growing in his faith. We're in Luke chapter 2 starting in verse 41. Luke says that now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chilly Sunday you've given us, this sunny Sunday, as we gather together in both our worship services and our Sunday school hour, God's people united under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Father, what an what amazing thing that is to be united under. 
So we thank you for that privilege to be here today, Father. We can worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we, we ask that you, you forgive us of our sins as we come in here today. That we can have our mind right with you today. We can focus on your word, Father. Lord, personally, I pray that you fill me with your spirit, that my words today reflect your heart, their intended meaning, that we see today, uh, Lord, in today's passage, what we can gain from the story of you, Jesus, changing, even though you're the unchangeable God, growing. What an amazing truth that is, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to give you three things that happen. Three things that happen when we grow in our faith. And we see this in the life here of boy Jesus. Well, number one, when we grow in our faith, often, always, our allegiances will start to change. Our allegiances will start to change. Now, I'm not saying that when you grow in your faith that you... You quit being a Gamecock fan and start cheering for the Tigers. That's not what I'm saying. But there are allegiances that, that start changing. Look at verse 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Jewish law instructed that every male must go to Jerusalem to participate in three yearly feasts. It was the feast of the Passover, which was really the most important feast they had. It was the, there was the Feast of Pentecost, which was 50 days later, and the Feast of the Tabernacles. And because of this, many Jews who were kind of exiled out of Jerusalem, it made it nearly impossible for, for every Jewish male to make all three festivals. So a custom had developed that allowed a trip to just one of these festivals. And so they could choose one a year. Possibly this was the one they chose. Now, women were not required to attend, but it was not unusual for wives and mothers to attend and travel along, so it became a family endeavor. Verse 42 says, when he, came, when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. So now at the age of 12, Jesus was now considered a son of the law, a son of the Torah, and he was now considered to be a responsible member of the law community, the covenant community. So he had entered kind of young manhood, and he was now obligated, he was accountable to fulfill the law, just like every other adult, male or female. He was now accountable to, to do every word of the law. So this would have been Jesus' first pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Feast would last about two days, and it says in verse 43, when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, and they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. So this, this caravan would have been filled with family members and friends and acquaintances, and next and kin, and, you know, Uncle Jerry, and, and great Aunt Susie, and, and all these people, you know, they all kind of knew each other, right? They're all together. 
And, and you know how it would be? It would, it would be easy to not notice Jesus kind of going from one family to the other. Or maybe he's walking with the cousins or over here with the great-grandfather. or you know, They're all just a big caravan together. So with so many people, one would have just assumed that he was with someone else. It's not like, uh, you need to kind of know how it is. You've had a family reunion. I've had these before. Where's Jackson? Where's Abigail? Oh, I'm sure they're down by the dock. They're over here, by over here. You know, it's just kind of what happened. And so it kind of reminds me of that movie, Christmas movie Home Alone, or Kevin McAllister gets left at home. Remember that movie? And everybody gets in the big bus, and they caravan over, and a neighbor kid kind of got in there, and they counted the back of his head. That's why you always count faces, not heads. Amen. Count faces, not heads, and counted the wrong head, and he was upstairs. He gets left at home. It shouldn't have happened, but it did happen. And as we're going to see, as a young man, Jesus had started to already to change his allegiances on some level. Now, he's still submissive to his parents, but he's decided to go to the temple himself. He was a young man. He was accountable to the law. That's what he did. It would be like if you were uh, growing in faith and you lived down the street from the church and you felt like you should be in worship and your parents didn't go. Well, you just walked yourself. That's what he did. He went over to the temple. He was learning in a new way. He was growing in ways that perhaps his parents couldn't help him. His dad was a carpenter. He probably didn't know every answer to Jesus' theological questions. Didn't know everything there was to know. And as you grow spiritually, you might find your heart leading you in other directions. As you start lining your heart with God's word, it might go against some of your deeply held values. Maybe learned values, maybe values you were raised with that you've realized now go against God's word. You might see allegiances change. You might start to lose friends. It might cause issues even with your family members. But this happens when we grow spiritually. Sometimes our allegiances change as we line up our lives with the word of God. Now, I love Tradition, I'm preaching in a traditional service right now. I love tradition. I love values. But if it, line, if it does not line up with this, it is wrong. God's word is over everything. We have to make sure we understand that, especially as we grow spiritually. So when we grow, our allegiances can change. Secondly, when we grow in faith, our priorities change. Our priorities change. Verse 46. And it says that after three days of searching, when a day or so back, came back, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Now, what he wasn't doing was teaching. 12-year-old Jesus didn't walk in there. And you know, start telling everybody what God's word said. Now, he could have, but it's just interesting because he is fully man. He is fully God, but he's still learning the law. He's still learning what his word says. It's fascinating to think about. One of the unique things about Jesus as he grew up. He was learning. He was listening first. What a novel concept. Amen. 
listening first and then asking questions if his question hadn't been answered previously. How often do we get that wrong sometimes? Many times we will ask without listening. If we just listened, we would get our answer. And that's what most news talk shows do, right? You watch that? It's just people talking all over them. You know, it stresses me out. I got enough of that at my house. I don't want to watch that on television. <laughs> Jesus is, is simply being how he should be. Look at James 1.19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak. Many times we're quick to speak and slow to hear. And you've probably heard this joke before, but God gave us two ears in one mouth. Not two mouths in one ear. That would look strange, but we often act that way. So we just see Jesus modeling James 1.19 as a young man. Now, before he was 12, he was, again, still considered a child. But now he's entering into a, a new phase of his life. His priorities are changing. He's learning about the scriptures. He's learning about God, and in a strange way, he's learning about himself, which just boggles your mind. Fully man, fully God, this is necessary for him to do. Because he was God, the people that he was talking to, they probably knew he was not an ordinary young man. But he was growing in his faith, and he was doing the thing that was necessary to do what God called him to do. Well, a man named Pablo Castles is considered the greatest cellist to ever live. I must admit, I do not have any of his audio recordings. But when he was 95 years old, he was asked why he continued, continued to practice six hours a day. You know what he said? He said, because I think I'm making progress. <laughs> but all super great artists like that. That's the, that, that is what they do. You know, Tom Brady's been in 10 Super Bowls. 10! He's won seven, lost three. And he still has a tremendous work ethic at 44 years of age. He's not just, you know, mailing it in at this point in his career. He's still working harder than ever because he knows he needs to. We start growing in faith many times uh, Following this doesn't get easier. <laughs> Sometimes it gets harder. We realize how much we do miss the mark the more we know God's word. And we realize we have God's grace helping us. But it means that our priorities change and that we do things differently. Verse 47 says, And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Verse 47, I'm sure they were amazed at his understanding. Verse 48, but his parents weren't so amazed. <laughs> when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Jesus, son, why have you treated us this way? Your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. We've probably had these similar conversations before with children and grandchildren. At that moment, all Mary could think about was the safety of her son. 
She's probably a little irritated. He went off and did his own thing. You know how having teenagers are. They just go and do things and say things that don't make any sense. And that, well, you know, what are you doing? Jesus went off to the temple. I guess they didn't stop and think, well, maybe he's at the temple. I mean, he is the son of God. Now, we haven't forgotten that promise from 12 years ago. Angel appeared to us and told us who he was, the Messiah. But at that moment, they were in parent mode. And they weren't thinking. She had forgotten that maybe he was God's son, that maybe God would protect him. God had protected him before. And perhaps in that moment of fear, Mary did forget that God had given her this child. It wasn't her idea. It was God's idea. It's God's child. She was the mother, but it was God's child. And for whatever the reason, this change... And the life of Jesus did not immediately translate into acceptance with his mother. She's only human after all. The same is true in our lives. We grow closer with Christ. Our priorities must begin to change. One pastor came up with a test to reveal if your priorities are in order. You want to hear his test? Number one, can you name more characters from your favorite TV show than the 12 disciples? Number two, can you predict how an episode of your favorite TV show will end with more accuracy than how the New Testament ends? Number three, can you recognize your local television newsman better than your next door neighbor? Number four, your TV and streaming subscription bills add up to more than your tithes and offerings. Number five, you find your own life following a script you've watched before on your favorite show. Now, I don't know what is a passing or failing grade, but it's meant for us to look at ourselves. And you can replace that with any other activity. There are things to consider as we measure our spiritual growth at the beginning still of 2022. I'm still writing 2021 on things. Still have to get used to it. But we're in 2022. When we grow in faith, our priorities change. Third, when we grow in faith, our actions change. Our actions change change verse 49 and he said to them why were you looking for me did you not know that i must be in my father's house so this almost sounds like a smart aleck teenage thing to say almost but we know it's not because jesus was sinless At this point, he was, it was okay for him to ask his parents this question. I don't understand why you were looking for me. It, it, it should assu- you should assume that I'm going to be doing what I've been called to do. At this unique age of 12, Jesus has started to develop an awareness of his unique relationship to God the Father. We don't know how long he had been aware of this. To what extent 
Jesus fully realizes he is the Son of God is impossible to know. But it surprised him that his parents did not know. I can imagine most of his young life, his parents had told him about his miraculous birth story. Yeah, and then we got on the donkey, and we, we, we had to go to, to the registration, and, and there's no room at the end, and, and there your mom gave, gave birth to you right there in a stable. Wow. Yeah, what happened? Then we, then we had to flee to Egypt, and, and people were after your life. <laughs> Horrible things happened. And God just protected you and protected us. Why would God protect me? Because you're the Messiah, Jesus. Can you imagine being told these things all as a young boy? And he's thinking, why wouldn't I be in the temple? Perhaps he'd never really been before. It's the first time he's been his pilgrimage. I'm sure they told him how he was special. I'm sure they told him how God had a plan for him. You know, sometimes uh, when I, I baptize a child, especially one that's grown up in the church, and I, when I was a children's pastor years ago, I baptized a lot of children. And often it was families who, uh, who went to church every week. And they'd be seven, eight, nine years old, and sometimes the parents would say, I don't know, I mean, I'm just kind of surprised they're making this decision at such a young age. And I would say, well, you know, they're in church every week. <laughs> they're here, they hear the gospel every week. Don't be surprised when your child receives Jesus at an early age when they're here every week. Amen. And when I told them like that, they would say, well, I guess you're right, you know. But they seem to forget who Jesus was. Don't be surprised that he's in the temple with the teachers. Perhaps this is why Jesus seemed confused as to why they wouldn't assume that he would be there as the learning portion of his ministry had commenced. At this point, Jesus' relationship to his parents starts to change as his actions begins to change. You now I have four children and 15 and 12 and, hold on, 15 and 13 and nine and almost three, right? One day, all of a sudden, there's a different, there's a change in relationship. He's like, when did that happen? You don't know when it happens, it just happens. They're different. Talk to you different, treat you different, just happens. This is what they're going through with Jesus. No longer are they his primary spiritual leaders. He's transitioning from them being his spiritual leaders to the rabbis, the teachers. He's a young man, and now God holds him responsible for himself. Doesn't necessarily hold his parents completely responsible, but he holds him responsible for himself. And he starts to transition to this phase of life. When you're growing in your faith, you should find that some of your actions change as well. People in our lives may act surprised. But that shouldn't catch us off guard. No, God changes each of us differently. We're born with things we do well and things we understand well. But then we, we, we have rough edges that we have to figure out sometimes. Everybody's different. Again, I have four children. And some of them are different as the day is long. My two sons are extremely different already. And, and, and just a lot of things they do. But... There's strengths, and then there's weaknesses. 
And so one of them is the growth path. It's going to be different than the other's spiritual growth path. It's the way it is. And it's like that with each of us. John Ortborg says this. He said that when God chose to change people, what did he do? He had Abraham take a walk. He had Elijah take a nap. He had Joshua take a lap. <laughs> and Adam take the rap. <laughs> he gave Moses a 40-year timeout. He gave David a harp and a dance. He gave Paul a pen and a scroll. He wrestled with Jacob, argued with Job, whispered to Elijah, warned Cain, comforted Hagar. He gave Aaron an altar, Miriam a song, Gideon a fleece, Peter a name, and Elisha a mantle. Jesus was stern with the rich young ruler, tender with the woman called in adultery, patient with the disciples, blistering with the scribes, gentle with the children, gracious with the thief on the cross. God never grows two people the same way. Amen. He goes on to say that God is a hand crafter, not a mass producer. We're all different. We all grow differently and change differently. And sometimes people may not understand how God might be changing you as you continue to grow spiritually. You're never going to quit growing spiritually to the day you see Jesus. Amen. Never going to quit. Verse 50. When they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them, even though Mary and Jesus... Uh, Joseph knew Jesus was the Messiah. They still were confused as to how Jesus was changing, but that's okay. Because they were still his parents, and he still respected them. Verse 51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. He's still living under their roof. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom. And in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus continued to change into the man that God had planned for him. And we each have a life to which God has called us. And we're each daily changing slowly into that by which God would have us to change into. Well, in the, 19, in the 1880s, there's a young man who was a Christian. He f started working at a pawn shop. And he did not like his work. <laughs> I imagine so. But he did it faithfully. And to the Lord would give a more desirable opportunity. Right? Don't quit your job while you have a job. Right? And he worked it. And so to prepare himself for a life of Christian service, even in the pawn shop maybe, he wrote a scrap of paper with the following resolutions. Maybe it was January, I don't know, but the following resolutions. He says, I promise God that I will rise, every, uh, rise early every morning to have a few minutes, not less than at least five minutes, in private prayer. I will endeavor to conduct myself as a humble, meek, and zealous follower of Jesus and by serious witness and warning, I will try to lead others to think of the needs of their immortal souls. 
I hereby vow to read no less than four chapters in God's word every day. I wonder if you had our reading plan. I don't know. But I will cultivate a spirit of self-denial and will yield myself a prisoner of love to the Redeemer of the world. The young man's name was William Booth, who later led thousands to Christ and founded the Salvation Army. That was it. That's all he gave. Five minutes in prayer, a few chapters a day, a day of self-denial. Wasn't like he was out there doing incredible things, just living the life God had called him. God used him greatly. This year as we seek to grow in faith, let's do just a little more, just a little bit more than the year before us. Let's see how God would use us as we continue to grow in our faith. Heavenly Father, as we close our time together today, we thank you so much for how you've loved us. Lord, how you've given us everything we need for godliness, for salvation. As we close our time together today, Father, that we would remember how you've saved us, how you've been with us. And in 2022, we will continue to do a little bit better, Lord, than maybe the year before, than maybe the day before. Father, we thank you that you give us the grace to perform these things. We thank you by showing us how in a time of Jesus' life that he started changing. And we too can look at that as a model for faith. Father, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name.